You're listening to Friendlier, the podcast for friends who love to talk, read, and eat. I'm Sarah. And I'm Abby. Today we're going to talk about managing our reading lives, but first let's catch up on life lately. What's new with you, Sarah? I am very into running really slowly. (laughs) Yes. I was running with a friend and listener of the pod who is an excellent runner and runs long distances, and she was talking about how a running coach in town had talked to her about the benefits of running really slowly. Mm. She was not as into this idea, but when I heard it, I thought, running really slowly? This sounds great. (laughs) So... I did some research about how good it is for building your aerobic capacity and how running really slow is great for you for all of these various reasons. I was like, perfect. I love this. I like running, but I feel like I felt before like I needed to be at a certain pace to make Mm. it worth it. So getting this justification and like validation that running slowly is what you should be doing for some of your runs. Mm. And because at Orange Theory, I'm doing more speed work on the treadmills. I feel mm-hmm. like my outdoor runs then can just be a relaxed jog with my audiobook in and not feeling this pressure to hit a certain pace. And I am loving it. Mm. It has been great. And I have noticed an increase in my aerobic capacity and that my heart rate's recovering faster when I am running faster at Orange Theory. At least I think I am. Could be placebo effect. (laughs) I don't care. I am into it. I'm excited about the weather getting warmer and doing more long, slow runs. Love it for you. (laughs) What is new with you? It is almost spring break. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) This accelerated nursing program is no joke. It's just so much. I had three tests this week. I had two tests the week before. It's just a lot. I am really looking forward to being in my house while my children do not have spring break and getting Mm. things done. I thought it was the same for you and your kids. Mm -mm. That's different. No. Okay. We are taking a camping trip. We're meeting friends in Western North Carolina for the first part of it. Then we'll come back. I'll have three days in the house by myself. Hopefully our house cleaner will come at some point in the week. So the house will be really clean. I have had a whole bunch of audiobooks come in from my holds list, which we'll talk more about later. But I am basically just so psyched that I have a break coming. Yay. Now let's talk about what we've been reading. I read The Firekeeper's Daughter by Angeline Booley. This is a YA novel about Donis. She lives in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan near the Ojibwe Reservation. Her mom's family is white, and her dad was an enrolled member of the tribe. The summer before college, her best friend tragically dies, and she gets thrust into the investigation. I don't want to say too much more because there's a lot of twists that happen in the book that are really fun Mm. to not know about as you go through, but Mm -hmm. it very much becomes a page-turner once you get, I would say, 70 to 80 pages in. Nice. I was not expecting those twists, but it was really fun to just go along for the ride. Mm -hmm. I also loved the look into Ojibwe culture and really enjoyed listening to the audiobook to hear things pronounced Mm. as well. Yes. The book was set in 2004, so that was a fun flashback to think about that time period because Donis was the same age that we were at that time. Yes, yes. 
I don't think of that as being that long ago, but reading it made me see how much has changed in just Mm. these little references to things that were happening at the time. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Or, oh, yeah, that is how it was. In terms of dislikes, I felt like it was about 150 pages too long. I think Mm. it was around 500 total. I just think it could have been tightened up Mm -hmm. a little bit. You also have to suspend your disbelief for portions that are less than realistic about how some of the things might have gone down. Mm. But I was happy to do that and enjoy the story. I would recommend it. It was a great own voices book. I looked up the author afterwards to see if she had written anything else and to learn more about her life and experience. And she talked about how she has been thinking and working on this story for decades. And I just love hearing about writers that are coming to it later in their life and Mm. hearing about the different ways that these kind of fiction projects come to fruition. So good. It was a great read. It's on my list. I recently read Weather Girl by Rachel Lynn Solomon who's the author of The X-Talk, which you reviewed on a pod a few years Mm -hmm. ago, and I also read and loved. This is a romance about Ari, who's a meteorologist at a Seattle TV station, and love interest Russell, who's a sports guy at the same station. This felt a little atypical for a romance because there is some heavier content. So Ari has a really challenging relationship with her mom. There's some mental illness there. Russell is parenting a daughter from a previous relationship. But I really enjoyed this book. I would recommend it as long as you go in sort of knowing that it's not all sunshine and rainbows. This is not a light romance Mm -hmm. that you can read in an afternoon. It was a book that took me a little longer because there was a lot to think about, but I really enjoyed it. This one is on my list. Let's move on to our topic for today, which is how we figure out what to read next. First, we'll discuss how we get our ideas about what books to read. I have relied pretty heavily on Goodreads in the last few years. I love seeing what friends are reading and rating books and just seeing what's popular through the various lists that they curate over there. I've also started getting a lot of book newsletters through my work. Mm. This is something I came to from being in library school and hearing about these various list to Mm -hmm. hear about what's coming out next and then signing up for them so that in my work I can know. And then obviously there's the personal benefit of finding my own books to read as I sift through those. Yeah. Some of my favorites are from Booklist, Shelf Awareness, and Maximum Shelf, Reading the Past, which does a deep dive into a historical fiction book, Mm. and Smart Bitches Trashy Books, which reviews romance. Beyond all of those, of course, my favorite way is recommendations from friends because it's from people that I trust. And over time, I have learned to know what people's reading styles are. And if they Mm. like a book, if I am also likely to like it and they know my style and whether I will like it or not. Yes. And then also, I love knowing that there is someone to talk about the book with when I am done reading. Totally. Neil and I read a lot of the same books, which is great because then we can talk about them. But he is not as interested in engaging as much as I am Mm. on the books. Yes. So I just really love when I have a friend I can call up to talk about the plot points and what irritated me or what I loved or what I was thinking about. Recommendations from friends or from people online who I know and trust who feel like friends. So. People whose pods I listen to, for instance, make up the bulk of my recommendations. So you, of course, 
some friends of the pod who are also my friends in real life, my Carbro book club, my virtual book club. I love that the Girl Next Door podcast, now they do a reading roundup episode yes. every quarter or so and talk through all the books that they've been reading, which I really love. Mm-hmm. And then I also recently started getting the Tor.com newsletter. And Ooh. Tor is a publisher of sci-fi and fantasy. And they sometimes give ebooks away. So that's why I got on the newsletter initially. But then there are also lots of suggestions that I see. Very cool. What influences the kind of book you're in the mood for, Sarah? Several things. Time of year is one, I think, because it influences my mood so much. Mm. So when it is dark and cold, on the one hand, it feels like that should be a time where it's so cozy and I'm just ready to curl up with a big, thicker book and make my way through. But really what I need is something to take me out of yes. that feeling and lighter things that are more engaging and uh-huh. easy. And I find it easier in the summer when the weather feels like it's not negatively affecting my mood to do some of my heavier reading. Mm -hmm. I think also what I've read recently. So if I've just finished a romance, I'm unlikely to want to pick up another romance right after that. Yeah. I want to change genres and I read a wide variety of books and I just like to keep that mix going. I can't read too many of the same type in a row. Mm hmm. And I find this even with series that I really like. It's like, I'll read the first one. And I'll be so excited to get into the second one. And it's like, oh, no, I actually feel like I need a little bit of a break. And then mm-hmm. coming back to it a little bit later. The other one is how much time I have to read. I have been feeling this so strongly this year with trying to fit in schoolwork and work and parenting and making that all happen that I have less time to read. And so I am quitting more books. Mm. Because I just do not have the time to suffer through something I'm not enjoying. (laughs) Yes. Also, just needing something that is really engaging. I cannot read something that is focused on the prose and the beauty of the literature right now. (laughs) I just need something to escape into and that does not feel like work. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I can almost never read something that's about the prose and the beauty of the writing. (laughs) It's just not one of my strengths as a reader is appreciating prose like that. Yeah. And along those lines, I almost always choose something that I know I'm going to really like, especially if I come out of a reading experience where I'm so invigorated by the reading and really wanting to get back to it. Mm -hmm. I try and find something that can keep that going Mm -hmm. because it is such a buzzkill to go from loving it, loving it, loving whatever you're reading, that book ending it and going into something that like doesn't grab you right away. Mm -hmm. And like you, I like to mix up my genres. So it is hard for me to read a lot of romance in a row unless I get on a kick like I've been in where I need to read all the Vary McFarlane books right in a row Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. they're so good. But usually I am mixing things in, mixing genres in, or even if I'm reading a lot of romance, I'm reading a contemporary and then I'm reading a historical, you know, so Mm. it doesn't feel Mm -hmm. quite as much the same. And then just going back to what you said about the seasons, I think that the lighter, more accessible books are crucial for me in winter. I have talked about this before, but the Winter Night series, which is by Catherine Arden, which are like very serious very intense. It's lots of winter in Russia vibes. That that Mm -hmm. does not work for me in the winter. But in the summer, I have read and enjoyed those books. So yeah, just got to be aware 
of where you are in your life and in the world when you're picking something. Absolutely. And then I will usually also prioritize reading the next in a series that I love. So if The Next Lady Sherlock is out or Veronica Speedwell, mm-hmm. I'm dropping everything to read that first because it's something that I've been like really looking forward to and have been so excited as it's been working its way closer to the top of my holds list. Yes. So where do you get most of your books and what formats are you using most these days, Sarah? I get all my books from the library. I cannot remember the last time I bought a book for myself to read. The only other source outside of the library is from our yearly book club. We have a book exchange in December, and then we usually pass those titles around throughout the year. So Mm. once somebody is done reading it, they'll bring it to the next book club and somebody else who wants to read it can grab it. I find it hard to prioritize books that don't have a due date. So same books that I own or that do not belong to the library, it is hard (laughs) for me to prioritize reading them above all the ones that I'm getting the emails from the library telling me they're due or overdue and Mm -hmm. feeling that pressure. I also don't mind waiting in the holds queue, even if it's something I'm really excited about. Even Mm -hmm. if I can't wait for the next Lady Sherlock, I will wait six to eight weeks for it to come in for me in the holds queue because I just think there are so many good books in the world that I haven't read that I don't need the instant gratification. Even though I am so looking forward to it, it doesn't feel necessary to me to be at the head of the line when there are other books Mm -hmm. that I can enjoy in the meantime. So the fact that I have to wait is not an issue for me with the library. In terms of formats, I read print, ebooks, and audio. Last year, I did half of my books in audio, which is the most I have ever done. And really, it was probably more than half because I think it was half only in audio. And then I did a bunch that were a mix going back Mm, and mm -hmm. forth between reading and listening. Yeah. This year, I am doing almost everything in hard copy. I think part of that is being at the library and putting things on hold and then being there to pick them up and just Mm -hmm. manage all of the physical aspects when I'm at the library four days a week. That is less of a thing than I think it would be if I were not a library employee. Mm -hmm. For some reason, managing my ebook queue has felt harder for me than the physical book queue. And when I see the stack of physical books that I have, I feel like I shouldn't be getting things on my Kindle too, (laughs) because I have so many of these that I need to be reading. Yeah. Though I will say that I think I have been reading less at night because I don't have a Kindle book. And that lets me be able to keep reading once Neil is ready to turn the light off and not Mm -hmm. feeling like I'm keeping him up. And then also reading at lunchtime is so much easier on a Kindle than it is with a physical book. And I think I would read more then and take advantage of those small moments of time that you get. I feel like having an e-reader makes that much easier. Mm -hmm. So I'd really like to prioritize having a book on my Kindle in addition to whatever physical books I am reading. Yeah. I am almost exclusively reading e-books on my Kindle and audiobooks. And all of them are coming from the library for me. I very seldom buy books. We also have a book exchange in my Carborough Book Club. But what I got last year was a book of poetry, which I love because honestly, poetry Mm -hmm. books are the books that I really like to own Mm -hmm. because they're ones that I like to read again. I mean, my issue 
even with books that I love, is that I do not often feel like I want to go back to them. Mm -hmm. And then even if I do, they're usually old enough that I can get them from the library pretty quickly. And so it's nice to not have to worry about where to store them, where to put them in the house, all that kind of stuff. And sometimes when I have to get a physical book from the library because there's not an ebook version, I really struggle to read them. Mm. I have had physical books for weeks. And then finally, it's like, well, you've used your last renewal. So you got to bring this back. And I have yet to read it. (laughs) I think that's the convenience of Kindle. I think that it's just so easy. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to get the next thing. Yeah, me and paper books, we really struggle. Interesting. Another thing I love about ebooks that are hard with physical books is being able to look things up, Mm. both definitions of words, but even more than that, if there's a character that comes up that I don't remember who they were or what happened before, being able to look up that and go back. Where it finds it earlier in the same text. Exactly. And so some books I'll be like, hmm. I bet this is one where I'm going to need to do some cross-referencing, like fantasy yes. books and things like that. I much prefer to have in an ebook format because I can do that sort of back and forth in a way that is hard in a physical book to remember exactly mm-hmm. where something was and requires much more skimming. Yeah, that makes sense. So now we have revealed to anyone who didn't know that we are both huge library fans, all library all the time. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little bit about how we managed our reading cues and holds lists and things through the library. Not as well as I could, but I do feel like I'm moving in a good direction. (laughs) When I see a book I want to read, I think, I will make the time. I'm so excited to go home and read books. (laughs) When that is true, but the reality is I do not have as much time as there are books in the world that I want to read. Yes, so sad. Right now I have about two dozen holds that are suspended. So if listeners don't know, you can suspend holds so you're still in the queue and you're still moving up the queue, but Mm -hmm. you can have the activation date be later. So then whenever the activation date comes, it will either be your turn or you'll be much further up the queue. I do that when there are books that I want to read and I don't want to forget about them, but I already have way too many books checked out and I cannot bring any more home. So like all the time, basically. All the time. Yesterday, I got a notice that two of my holds came in that weren't suspended because the ones where I was further down the list, I was like, oh, those are fine. I'll just leave them. It's going to be a while before they come in anyway. And it gave me mild anxiety because I just have so many books going on and I know I'm not going to be able to get to them. I also have a spread out system where through the library catalog, you can create a list and I have a Mm. TBR list there where I'll add things that it's like, okay, I don't want to forget about it, but I'm not even quite ready to put this on hold and have it suspended to come up later. Sure. Then I also have my Goodreads want to read Mm -hmm. where I do that, but I also don't know that I refer back to it that Mm. often. So I feel like they get a little bit lost there. And I feel the same about the library catalog one. So for me, actually putting it on hold is the (laughs) way to really keep it at the forefront of my mind. But then it's a lot to manage. And sometimes they'll all (laughs) become activated without me realizing it. And it's, it's too much. It's too much. So my system is lots of places to put books I want to read, lots of books on hold, lots of books in my house, and a moderate amount of reading Mm. happening. The good news is I always feel like I have lots of choices of what I want to read. (laughs) Nice. How are you managing your holds? I am listening to you tell about how sort of scattered 
your lists are. And I wonder if that's one reason why I struggle with paper books, because Hmm. in Overdrive, it feels like it's so easy to go in and see, like, how close am I on things Mm -hmm. that it feels like less to manage. And I wonder if that's another reason why I'm really leaning toward the eBooks. It definitely simplifies it because you can also only have 10 at a time, which is not Mm. enough to manage the amount of things I have on hold currently. Not that my system is working, but... (laughs) But 10 would not be enough. No. I have both a Jefferson County library card, which is Birmingham is in Jefferson County. And then I also paid $10 for a Nashville public library card Hmm. as an out of Davidson County person. 10 is very cheap for that. Yeah. And the Nashville Public Library is probably the best library that I've ever been a member of in terms of accessibility and how many things they have. And so it was mm-hmm. well worth it to me. If you can get to Nashville, you have to do it in person. Right. There's not a way that you can sign up online. I think that's one way they control it. But if you are going to be in Nashville, listeners, I would highly recommend this. I would gladly pay $50 a year for that service. <laughs> Ours is 65 to get a card out of county. And I think the Brooklyn Public Library, I have heard, does it, and theirs is 50. Mm -hmm. I hear good things about that as well. But between both of them on Overdrive and Hoopla, which is the sort of if things are instantly available, you can listen to them there. I mostly do Mm -hmm. audiobooks there because I don't like to read on my phone. But I feel like I am able to get most things pretty fast. I also feel like I am able to have 20 holds at each place. I'm sure it just varies by library. The other thing that I do is if a lot of ebooks come in at once for me to read and I know I'm going to want to read them but wouldn't have time, I download them all and then turn off the Wi-Fi on my Kindle yes, so that I can read through them at the pace I want. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel pressure that I'm going to have to return them in three weeks. Yes. The key is to make sure you don't also have another ebook that you will want to read. That you need to download. Yes. So usually how this happens is that I had, I don't know, 10 books on my holds list Six came up at once and the other four, I can either do the thing where I put them off. Mm -hmm. And I like now that Overdrive and Libby ask you, do you want to check this out? They don't just automatically check it out to you, Mm -hmm. which is in contrast to a paper book. So I feel like that's working pretty well. Love to hear it. So you have mentioned getting overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. What do you do when that happens? Usually it's when they are actually due. I take in a whole lot of books and just start fresh. I will take a photo of the ones that I want to put back on hold so that I can reference it. And I have, this is another place where I store books I want to read. It's too much. I have a folder of photos on my phone that is books to read. Mm -hmm. I did this a lot when I was a materials handler where I'd come Mm. across a book and I wouldn't want to forget it. And so I'd just snap a photo of it and then I'd Mm -hmm. put those all into an album so that I could reference it later. Mm -hmm. And so if I have my huge stack that I need to return and I'm like, I'm going to want these again, I'll take a picture of it so that I can reference it again. Alternatively, I will keep them for as long as I can. But get a new book that I know will draw me in and get me excited to get moving through books again. Mm -hmm. It's like, I know I have lots of books here, but none of them are calling to me immediately. But once I'm back in the reading groove, then I'll keep moving through. You just need to whet your appetite a little bit. Yes, exactly. So that's my strategy. Return the things when the library sends you the notices, but keep pretending that you will have time in the future to get to them. (laughs) My strategy is similar on Kindle is that I just turn the Wi-Fi back on. 
and let the books mm-hmm. get returned. You know, it's out of my hands. The Wi-Fi is on. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to be done. Yeah. And the other strategy, which I said earlier, I think, is that I just don't read any paper books from the library and eventually take them back. <laughs> so, yeah. For what it is, there is the way that we manage what we read next. Listeners, if you have suggestions for us or ideas or really good strategies, especially for managing library cues, please let us know. Let's finish by talking about what we've been eating. I want to recommend the Domino's Pan Pizza. You might hear me say Domino's Pizza. Doesn't that remind you of middle school when everybody just got Domino's Pizza all the time? But Domino's now has a pan pizza that has a puffy crust that's sort Mm -hmm. of tall. Not quite Chicago style, but more that direction. And I find it to be much higher in quality and taste than any of their other pizzas. We are eating this a lot these days, and I would recommend it. If you are going to go this route, do not pay full price for this pizza. There is a Domino's app that has coupons in it all the time. Also, my favorite way to get a pizza for $8 is to do the curbside at Domino's, mm-hmm. where within the app they have a thing where you can say, I want to do curbside. And then it like tracks where you are if you're driving. And then they know when you're coming and it shows you like, oh, your pizza's baking. Oh, we're checking that it's good. Oh, it's ready. And then they have two minutes to bring it to you once you pull up to the store. So it's really fast. Yeah, sounds great. What have you been eating, Sarah? I made a pear custard pie. Yum. We had pears that were going soft E and I are the pear eaters in the house, and we love a very crunchy pear. Oh. No soft pears for us. <laughs> I didn't know that about you. How interesting. <laughs> I didn't want to just compost them, and so I typed into Google pear desserts, thinking hmm. that there must be something I can make. And this came up. You had to peel and slice the pears, which was the most time-consuming part, mm-hmm. put them in a round 8-inch pan, and then you make a custard, and you make this in the blender. So you just put all the ingredients in and turn it on. It was eggs, milk, sugar, basic custard. Pour that on top, put it in the oven for 40 minutes. The kids did not love it. Neil was neutral. I liked it. But, you know, it wouldn't be winning me any handshakes on the Great British Baking Show in terms of <laughs> the success. Neil said that he wished that there had been a crust. And I was like, oh, no, I loved that there was no crust. That was my favorite part. (laughs) (laughs) So it was great the next day to drink my coffee and have my pear custard pie for breakfast. Hmm. I think I will try it again, but we'll have to be prepared to eat it mostly by myself. Sometimes that's not a problem. I'm up for the challenge. That's all for this episode of Friendlier. It's been great talking with you, Abby, and with all of you listeners. You can find out more about everything we talked about today, including what we're reading and eating, in the show notes on your podcast player or on our website, friendlierpodcast.com. You can also leave us a comment there or on Instagram at friendlierpodcast or email us friendlierpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may your books be engaging, your food delicious, and your conversations friendly. He's just just checking He's like, it on the ice cream just, counter. Just wondering when my ice cream is coming. <laughs> A while.